0: fantasy sports news analysis and opinion this is key to the game with dex dunford and colby mckee welcome 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 this is episode 35 of key to the game fantasy sports podcast i am one of your hosts dex dunford and across the glass he's the man he runs all the electronic shit that I don't understand. His name is Colby McKee, and he's beautiful. Colby, how are you doing today? Wow,
1: what an intro. I know. Levels are great. I'm great. We're down to Final Four in football, Dixie, and I can't wait for uh, a nice afternoon of football on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it should it should be a good one. Yeah. You know, my, my Seahawks lost, so I'm a little bummed right, about that. that, that but... was a
1: tough one. I know uh, you and another fellow co-worker upstairs were, were harping about that. I mean... I mean, Atlanta's offense, we did talk about that, and uh, very, you know, very impressive there in the Georgia Dome. That stadium got loud. I think I mentioned that to you as well. Uh, They were talking on the broadcast about it not being a loud building to play in, and, you know, last week definitely proved different, and Seattle just could not get uh, things together.
0: Yeah, I mean, buildings always kind of get loud for the playoffs, though, no matter what sport you're in. Like, I always remember the Flames. A lot of people call the Saddle Dome the library. During the regular season, and then in the playoffs, that place gets nuts, and it gets so loud, that's and right. everybody's the Red so Mile. hyped. Yeah, but yeah, it's pretty, it gets pretty quiet in the in the regular season. Exactly. Very few stadiums are like Seattle no. all the time,
1: and I mean, we showed that. I mean, that's you're right. That's all season long. That's not just the playoff game against Detroit. There, that was um, you know every key game. The season opener obviously was huge, and and every home game down the stretch uh, into a you know a final playoff berth. Unfortunately, it didn't lead them anywhere. That offense wasn't, you know, clicking on all cylinders. They couldn't get the run game. Wilson was throwing picks. That Atlanta defense actually, you know, made Wilson look, you know, beatable.
0: Yeah, and there's too many too many injuries on the defense as well for Seattle. I mean, right. if they were going to stop Atlanta, they needed full health. And they were already missing Earl Thomas going into the game. And they had a few guys go down during the game. I guess Sherman was injured throughout the second half of the season. That's coming out now. Right. Um. So... Yeah, they weren't. they the best part of their team. The team, the part that they rely on, was not at full health. And, and if Seattle's defense isn't running at a hundred percent, then I don't think they have a whole lot of hope of winning a ton of games, especially against teams like Atlanta, where they just beat you up by scoring more points than you.
1: Yeah, exactly. That offense is not capable of, uh, of providing, you know, the, that quick fire punch that that Atlanta's can. They can outscore you, whereas that defense of Seattle leads to offense. Uh, and helps that out that way. So, unfortunately, just could not get it done. Uh, they'll try again next year. But Atlanta moves on. Matty Ice gets his first play, or sorry, I guess his second playoff win. Both have come against Seattle uh, into a very pivotal matchup against the Red Hot Green Bay Packers. And that was, I mean, that was an excellent game. You watched that as well, right? That Green Bay-Dallas? Yeah. That was everything it lived up to be. Uh, I was very happy to watch that ending. Fan wise they were great. I had Aaron Rodgers this weekend. I had Jared Cook in a lineup, and he, I mean, we'll talk about him later on, but he was a great tight end picked. Um, the wideouts for, for Green Bay, injuries and all. They're, they're coming up big when they need to, and that was just a hell of a game. like that was insane, and one of the ones of the season, definitely the one of the playoffs. The, the playoffs before that had been, you know, quite a dud, a lot of lopsided victories, but that came right down to the wire, and I was definitely expecting overtime in that one.
0: Yeah, especially with the length of that kick at the end of the game, that wasn't a gimme. So, oh. um, I mean, they were in indoors in the dome. That helps a bit, but yeah, it wasn't a gimme. It wasn't a chip shot. They uh, they had to work for it, and and he hit it twice. So that
1: Houston defense against the Patriots, uh, I was actually kind of impressed because they they proved they could hang around for much of that. You know, up to the third quarter, early in the fourth, that offense. You know, it just absolutely killed them when they needed it most they could not get drive started in the red zone for the Patriots they had their opportunities and I don't know if it was the Patriots you know kind of keeping them in the game or if they were actually working hard to keep themselves in the game but I was very impressed with that Houston defense they they proved a lot against a really good offense in New England
0: well I mean the Houston defense was good pretty much all season long but that offense has just always been the Achilles heel of that team and and it shows against a team like New England I mean you're in the playoffs you're in the second round you you got lucky against Oakland in the first round where they didn't have, you know, MVP-caliber quarterback, and uh, you come up against a team that actually earned their way to that spot, and, you know, the expected happened. I mean, their defense has been good all season long, but they can't make up for that offense. I don't think you could take any defense in the league. You could take any defense from the past five years. Think Seattle, like, three years ago. I don't even think that they could overcome how bad that offense has been this year. Exactly. So, as I mean, a, you know, that was the expected outcome, and and New England just kind of they, they're game planners. That's what they are. They they came out, they executed their game plan. It was a little slow to start, but right. they just executed, and and they they knew all along that they were going to win if they just followed their game plan.
1: I think the bookies were happy because it did cover that spread. I think it was 17 points on the spread. Um, so I think the end result was a 17 over 17 points. I want to say, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, it was a big, it was a lopsided victory in the end, that fourth quarter they definitely turned it around and and Houston couldn't keep up. And finally, that Pittsburgh and KC game got switched from the 1 o'clock time slot to the late game on NBC there, the Sunday Night Football. I watched a bit of that. Uh, the offense of, of the Steelers is definitely in question heading into this week's matchup, but they got the job done. Boswell was kicking uh, in, you know, cold temperatures. I didn't expect a kicker's duel, to be, to be honest with you, but Boswell got the Steelers, the points they needed. That defense was really good once again. Uh, not Jordan Smith. Alex Smith was not, you know, he, he was what he was, right? He wasn't that deep gunslinger. He was getting those check down passes. I don't think Kelsey was involved as we thought he would be. Um, so, you know, Pittsburgh did what it had to do, but that offense needs to really pick it up uh, heading into this week's matchup.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't like their chances, to be honest. No, not at all. No, nah.
1: well, I think the I don't even know what the line is. I want to quickly check that game. Um, I think obviously Patriots are favored in Foxborough, but I mean that the offense it's so hit and miss. But when it's on, they have the ability to probably outscore the Patriots in this one. I, I don't I don't count them out completely.
0: Uh... Do you like the defense?
1: I, I like Pittsburgh. Okay, you know
0: what? I will say that I I'll give them a chance if the Patriots' offense does not play up to snuff. Okay. So let's say Tom Brady comes out and he plays like an average QB. Because yeah. he has to play like Tom Brady, the Tom Brady that we know and love. Well, maybe not love, but the Tom Brady that we've come <laughs> to know over his career. You know, this elite level quarterback, one of the best to ever play the game. He has to play like that this week because he's without, you know, Rob Gronkowski, who is a game changer. Um, and he's got this kind of, you know, Julian Edelman's really the only big name that he's got to throw to his his running backs have been injured often throughout the last two years. Um, you know, nobody's really had a consistent hold on that job except Legarrette Blunt when uh, Deion Lewis was out. To, you for called the first Lewis half of the this season. week,
1: though. You did. That well, was, yeah. I mean, they're
0: they're trying to work him in more and more, and and I think you'll see a similar amount of Deion Lewis this week, especially since he's kind of a pass catching back, and Pittsburgh is a little weak against the pass, and Pittsburgh has they. Look like they've been decent on defense the last few weeks, but I think that that's a little bit of trickery at play because they haven't come up against a truly elite offense for the past few weeks. They've come up against teams that are okay. I mean, they got the Dolphins, and Matt Moore was playing instead of Ryan Tannehill. And even if Tannehill was in, they're still not a great offense. And then you get the the Kansas City Chiefs that are known for their defense instead of their offense. They win games with their defense. And so you can look at the scores the last couple of weeks and think, man, the Steelers' defense has played great. Really, they haven't. They've had good, lucky matchups. And I think when they come up against Tom Brady, if he's playing like the Tom Brady that we know, I am not even going to say it's going to be a game. Okay. no. Nope. But if he comes out and he plays like an average quarterback or below average or he has an off day, then I could see the Steelers take advantage. I mean, really, at that point, if Tom Brady's not slinging the ball as well as we know he can, that takes away a lot of your run game. I would say New England doesn't really have an elite-level running back. They've got good running backs, but nobody elite that can break the game open, like Le'Veon Bell, for example. Um, So, you know, if Tom Brady's off, your whole whole game plan is off, and they are a game-planning kind of team. So that's the only way I see it not working out for New England.
1: I mean, Brady does have his faults uh, in these conference games. Last year... Or these championship games, AFC championships. He lost to Flacco in Baltimore. Uh, he's lost to Peyton there last year in Denver. Uh, he and th- those are both performances where he wasn't All Star Tom Brady. He was average. Uh, and he so you know he's got this little bit of history. Uh, if you're a Steelers fan and you know you you want your team to win, um, he's shown that in the past that you know sometimes he's he doesn't show up for these big games. Uh, I mean he's he's Super Bowl Tom. He's got the rings and such. But as of recent recent history. He's had a little bit of trouble getting past this championship game. So there is hope for Steelers Nation. The line's five and a half. Patriots are five and a half point favorites.
0: So that's not even a touchdown. So it's
1: not a touchdown. And the other game, Green Bay and Atlanta, Atlanta's favorite at home by five points. And
0: it's, what's the over-under on that one?
1: Uh, the, yeah, very high there in Atlanta. It's 60 points. Wow. So that is got to be one of the biggest ones, even of the regular season. We're talking sixty points, and that's why we're talking fan duel. Green Bay, uh sorry, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan are highly priced quarterbacks this week by a country mile. Uh they're a thousand dollars more than every other quarterback. We're talking Brady and Big Ben. Yeah. Because the total of the Pittsburgh New England game New England, excuse me, is only fifteen and a half. So it's a quite a big separation there in terms of point wise.
0: Yeah, I mean you're talking basically a ten point spread.
1: Exactly. So now that we get into our quarterback talk for this week, I mean, like you said, the hierarchy of quarterbacks. There's only four four starters to choose from. Um, so, but these are all you know prime names. You really can't go wrong, in my opinion, with any of them. Um, you know, we got Aaron Rodgers number one. Uh, do you agree with that? Aaron Rodgers number one, hundred percent. I think
0: him and Matt Ryan are interchangeable, but okay. yeah, I guess.
1: Okay, uh, for yeah, and FanDuel agrees with you though because Rodgers is number one, Ryan is number two. Brady is number three and Roethlisberger is number four, um, and Roethlisberger, from all accounts, has been number four on this list by many NFL experts. Uh, they're they're not giving him a chance really in Foxborough, and I mean he didn't put up a, he didn't put up great numbers there in Kansas City. Uh, you know, a similar climate, similar atmosphere as in Foxborough, so maybe um, they just don't like the matchup as well with Big Ben this week.
0: Yeah, I uh, I could agree with that hierarchy. Um, I think Tom Brady, or sorry, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan are going to be t- very highly owned. A lot of guys are going to be all over them. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, especially since there's so few guys to choose from, to see one of those guys be over 40% owned on, on some tournaments. Right. Uh, just because there's really nowhere, I mean... I would go Tom Brady for sure for some GPPs, and I have put in some GPP lineups with Tom Brady um, because the potential is there for him to go off and have a huge game against a suspect Steelers defense that I think looks a little better on paper than it really is. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be touching Roethlisberger too much this weekend, though.
1: I don't. You're right. I've got three lineups. All of them have Brady this week because as we go further, it's very difficult, in my opinion, to build a solid lineup uh, with the question marks at wide receiver, you've got your high price running back there in Le'Veon Bell. Is, is he another guy you pay up for this week? Uh, he's close to ten thousand. I think he's ninety five hundred dollars this week. Uh, is he a guy that you? I mean, there's four four starting running backs again with all these teams.
0: I would say there's maybe five, because Atlanta, I would put threat? Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman on the same level.
1: Okay, no, I, I can see that. I mean, in, in my opinion, I think Blunt's going to have a much bigger impact this week than he did last week. I'm I'm really high on, on LeGarrette Blunt this week, at least equaling the carries and the touches that Deion Lewis gets. He's not going to be—Lewis is not going to be the, the bell cow. He's not going to be the number one guy this week, in my opinion.
0: I guess it depends on the game script, for sure. Sure, sure. Exactly. Um, I think if it's a close game and you get to the fourth quarter, that Dion Lewis is going to be the guy. I think if they get out ahead and they just want to keep running for first downs and wear out that clock and not give Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell a chance to break the game open, then you are going to see a lot of Garrett Blunt. Yeah,
1: true. And I mean, he was coming. Apparently, he was a little bit injured last week as well, so uh, another week to prepare. Uh, and treat that injury, What I think oh, it might have been an illness. I can't remember what exactly. I believe he was,
0: yeah, he had an illness. Was, was it an sick. illness? Yeah.
1: So there you go. So Blunt, you know, hopefully is, has uh, got those home remedies going and might become a more focal point of that offense. He, You know, he's had games plenty this year where he's had over 18 touches um, and that opportunity to run the ball for New England. You're right. Game script's going to be big in this one, uh, and that's going to have to, uh, we'll see how that goes. Green Bay wide receivers just transitioned to the other game. Uh, we we know about Jordy Nelson. Uh, today it comes out that Devontae Adams has an ankle injury, and uh, Geronimo, the new one, Geronimo Allison, the wide out there for Green Bay, is also dealing with a, another injury as well. So you look at all these guys, you know, Randall Cobb, in my opinion, becomes way more valuable. at his sixty. I think he's 6500 bucks this week. You know, question marks about Devontae Adams. Do you use Geronimo Allison? You know, if Jordy Nelson plays, what what do you feel like those those Green Bay wideouts, and how are you viewing them this week in your lineups?
0: Well, it sounds like Devontae Adams is going to play. So right. just at what level is he going to be playing? Is it going to be 100%? Is he going to be 80? Is he 50? I don't know. Is he out there? Right. That's, that's a big question. But it sounds like he's going to be playing. So do you trust that... They're going to be playing him in this championship game. I think they will. They'll they'll want to win. I mean, they're looking to go to the Super Bowl, and you're going to leave it all out on the line because there's really only if you get this, then you get a week off, and then you get your next game. Yeah, right. So, uh, and the next game is the big game. That's that's the be all end all that's what we've been working for all season. So. You know, if you're if you're feeling 70 feeling 80%, then you're going to go out there and you're going to play your ass off because you if you win and you help your team win, you get a week off and then you get to play for basically what you've worked your entire life towards, right? Yeah. So if Devontae Adams is playing and with that matchup and just the potential for points and the fact that Jordy Nelson is out and who knows what's going on with Geronimo O'Mahes and I, I didn't really get a good answer there on, you know, it seemed a little more up in the air than Devontae Adams did. Yeah. Um, so... Between all of that, I do agree with you that Randall Cobb is also somebody you got to look at. I mean, he's been a pretty big part the last couple weeks. And uh, and the fact that you could be missing even more wide receivers, yeah, you got to be looking at Randall Cobb. But I'm going to be trusting Devontae Adams as well. And uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but yeah. tight end-wise, Jared Cook. That was my next point. I mean, he's he had a great game last week. He looks like he, him and Aaron Rodgers are kind of building this chemistry now. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, is kind of playing at that level right now, where he can make anyone look good. I know Jared Cook was very frustrating when he was in St. Louis, and and he had stone hands. But um... I,
1: we wrote about him on the website there. He was one of my uh, one of my you know I can't remember what the the what the word was maybe a sleeper. I think I wrote a sleeper article there on the website, and I talked about him all year, and he was very very slow out of the gate. I dropped him in fantasy, and he was very frustrating the first twelve thirteen weeks of the season. But then he comes back. Uh, and he's really proven to be a nice, valuable tight end to Rodgers that he hasn't had in quite some time since uh, Jermichael Finley and before he got uh, severely injured there. So that catch, though, let's talk about that quickly for a second. That catch did not look like a catch uh, on first glance.
0: No, um, I mean, it looked like he was out had to of bounds.
1: The, the line judge had to come down and call it off. But, I mean, that was twinkle toes there on the sidelines. And everything you can imagine there from Rodgers to Cook, that was, uh, that was an insane play and something that we'll be talking about for a long, long time.
0: I mean, it basically won them the game.
1: It did. Because, like I said, that, in my opinion, that game was going overtime. There was no way uh, they were getting in position to kick that field goal in the first place without a great, magnificent throw there for Aaron Rodgers. So and thing. even
0: with that throw, they were barely in field goal position. I mean right. even with that throw they still like but we it was said it wasn't indoors in
1: Dallas too and I feel I mean kickers indoors we've talked about that all year especially this time of year uh way better situation than Boswell or Santos were kicking there in uh in KC
0: But still what it's was a long it kick. I think it's he hit kick. 53 yards I mean that's yeah. that's a long kick
1: After just giving the Packers the lead what 2 minutes earlier game wise 2 minutes earlier uh, with another 50 plus yard kick Yeah and then Dallas comes back with Bailey kicks, I think it was a 35, 40-yard kick. It wasn't super... Oh, maybe It might have been long, too. Anyways, the kickers... I also had Crosby in a lineup this week, and he was very slow with only a couple extra points until the end when he had those two 50-yarders. Puts you in double digits there for the kicker position, and that was huge if you were uh, to get in the money, uh, which I did not, even with all those decent players we had this week. Didn't make the uh, survivor pool. Both of us missed out on the uh final round of the survival pool this week which is a little bit disappointing.
0: I mean it's it's tough. You're you're trying to play these like GPPs the and you've so got difficult. a very limited selection of players to choose from. I mean you've almost got to nail every single one I feel like more than the regular season because the regular season there's such a wide swath of players and there's going to be a few guys that get a couple touchdowns or or whatever, right? This these weeks as this week especially, I mean you got Four starting quarterbacks. You got four, maybe five starting running backs. You got a handful of wide receivers and tight ends, and and four kickers. I mean, there's going to be a lot of overlaps between yeah. lineups. So you need to really find a way to differentiate yourself, but also somebody that's going to get you points because you know it's everything's so narrowed and focused on these four teams.
1: This week is going to be very difficult if you're playing in a GPP tournament style. Uh, you know, the Sunday Million, perhaps going to be very difficult without having probably a lot of chalk though this week like you're right because there's so limited choices how you know are you going differenti- to differentiate yourself with big ben because he's probably the the lowest of the totem pole of quarterbacks are you going to go with a, a Laguerre blunt uh, a james white perhaps uh, your tevin coleman's a good example wide receiver wise um, you know, you're, I'm trying to think, Mohamed Sanu is probably a popular one, given his price range in that number two role. Maybe you go Taylor Gabriel. Geronimo Taylor Gabriel Allison. is
0: questionable this week.
1: That's right. Well, There's so many questionables. Like, every second player on FanDuel is questionable. Yep. Um, it's like Julio, AB, then Jordy Nelson, then somebody. Devontae Adams, somebody. And it's just a lot of question marks uh, in the wide receiver wide receiver ranks. Maybe an Eli Rogers, if you're feeling really frisky. Uh, going really deep in the vault, Chris Hogan.
0: He's questionable, too. Hogan so is I t- had a lineup. Let me tell you about this. Okay. I had a lineup set up. I set it up earlier this week, and uh, I saw Devontae Adams was questionable, but you know I, I threw him in there anyway. You can always change it down the road if you want. That's right. And I put him in there with Taylor Gabriel and Chris Hogan, but neither of them were questionable at this time. Okay. I look at it today, I see Devontae Adams questionable, Taylor Gabriel questionable, Chris Hogan questionable.
1: Hogan's the new one because I have definitely seen, um, definitely see Geronimo Allison today. I definitely see Devonte Adams. And who is your other one?
0: Taylor Gabriel. Taylor,
1: I've definitely seen Taylor Gabriel. So Hogan must be the new one in my, I haven't seen that.
0: Yeah. And so I don't know. It, it didn't sound really bad when I read the update. Probably just an off practice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to leave it and we'll, we'll see as we get closer. Obviously there's no Saturday game, so I don't have to worry about it until maybe Sunday morning. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean just I set up this lineup and, and like you said, it's it's tough to differentiate yourself. And I was trying to do that with my wide receivers. I felt like I did a decent job of that with and you know, I obviously paid up. I think I got like Matt Ryan and Devonta Freeman and I think Lev Bell maybe. So I paid up for those three positions and I thought I'd differentiated myself, but now all of them, who knows, they might not play. So.
1: That's the part, <laughs> right? Like you said you're quarter so that's a huge chunk of your salary gone in three players. Yeah. Matt Ryan over nine thousand Lev Bell over 9000, Devontae Freeman over 7000 I believe or 8000. That's a huge chunk of your salary so like I am interested to see what your top wideout is in that lineup like
0: Well, Devontae Adams.
1: Devonte Adams is your top guy at like, you know, 7 I think he's 7000 so very tough though uh if you're going for the high priced quarterbacks to fit in everybody else. So uh it's going to be interesting nice, you know, puzzle match making trying to to make things work. So um, any other guy... I mean, tight end, quick. I want to touch on tight end. So we talked about Jared Cook. Uh, you went with Torlolo last week, who did yep. absolutely nothing. Nothing. Uh, I went with Bennett in a lineup, who did absolutely nothing. Those guys are both available this week. Uh, and the other one, Jesse James, there in Pittsburgh. Um, but Ladarius La Green uh, is practicing in a limited session, so I don't know about his status. He could be the number one guy there. I think they would much rather have Ladarius Green as a, a nice receiving option. But... Of the of the tight ends available, Green was probably not Green. Sorry, James was the best tight end outside of Cook last week. He had, I think, he had five catches for eighty yards, uh, and he was actually put up way more points than any of the other options available.
0: Yeah, I mean, the tight end position all season long has been tough. I hate and it. I hate it. Absolutely now that we're it. narrowed down to four teams, last week we were at eight teams. <laughs> you know, it's you take already a limited position and you limit it even more
1: are you forced to go cook this way like this week
0: I don't think you should ever be forced to do anything but it that's definitely a pretty good idea
1: like it's you're right and price but you know wise, what's gonna
0: happen I mean it happens every week there's some chalk and who knows maybe cook has a good game but there's gonna be somebody that comes out of nowhere whether that's from the tight end position or elsewhere and they're gonna grab a touchdown or, yeah. or get eight catches for a hundred yards or something silly like that And we're going to be sitting there saying, "I wish we had him in my lineup. Why didn't I do that?"
1: Why did I overpay for Cook? Yeah.
0: The the reason you're going to pay for Cook is because he is the safest option on the slate this week for sure.
1: Right. Exactly. So, uh, and quickly, I don't have any other guys. Any other guys you want to mention in your lineups that you've seen? Any guys you like?
0: No, I think the biggest thing this week is is go play around, see what you can do with the salaries that are there for you. I mean if you're going to pick one of those big quarterbacks you got to do some tinkering somewhere else in your lineup so play around with it keep an eye on the questionables the inactives make sure you're on top of that because uh that could that could honestly be the difference if you're on top of the news you know with such a limited number of players um you're going to want to be on top of the news and and just differentiate your lineup that way with a little bit of extra last minute research i think is is going to be that's important every week but more this week than ever
1: there's gonna, you're right. There's gonna be a guy, a wide receiver, a running back, a tight end that's gonna come out of nowhere, surprise us all. Even in the Super Bowl week, we'll touch on that. You know, obviously in a few weeks, but there'll be a guy that uh, comes out of nowhere uh, and, and makes a, a significant play for one of the four remaining teams. So looking forward to another weekend of football. We got a few more left. We got to cherish them for all they're worth because then we got the the long off season and the rumors of Tony Romo. Where's he gonna go? Uh, Tom Brady, is he going to leave the Patriots? Is Garoppolo time there in New England? There's so many rumors um coming up here in the NFL offseason. So, a few more weeks of football uh to to cherish and enjoy. Uh NHL wise, you want to touch on some NHL? Yeah,
0: let's talk some okay. hockey. Okay,
1: you brought up <laughs> you brought up a uh, a nice stat this afternoon regarding Connor McDavid uh and his ice time uh and just the amount of ice time he uh accumulates compared to other forwards in this league and even even other defensemen. Do you remember what the total? I It was over 1,000 minutes, right? It was just
0: over 1,000 minutes, which, I mean, without any context, that you're like, I don't know if that's a lot or a little. But, yeah. I mean, compared to other forwards, it was substantially more. I mean, the average elite forward, if you're going to try and narrow it down, was around the 700 to 850-minute mark. Okay. And so Connor McDavid has played a full 150 minutes more than some guys like, you know, we're talking Joe Pavelski, we're talking um, Tarasenko, like these guys are all Malkin, exactly. Kane Crosby was up there. Kane Crosby. was up there. C- Kane was up near where Connor McDavid was. Right. Um, I think he actually maybe had a few more minutes than Connor McDavid, but okay. he, those two were kind of the outliers of the forwards, and then you had everybody else that was, you know, substantially behind. I mean, it's almost like Connor McDavid's played. Two extra games over some of these guys, three extra games. Three, that's right. Um, so I found that interesting, and it makes you wonder. You know, he was injured last year, missed a lot of time last year, and obviously he's been elite every time he's been on the ice. But you know, can he maintain this a full season? Can he maintain the pace he's going at for a full season? I mean, he's an elite level player. I have no doubts, but you have to wonder. I mean, we haven't seen it from him. We haven't seen him in the NHL handle. You know, we're basically halfway through the season, handle over 1,000 minutes. So can he play over 2,000 minutes in the regular season and keep the pace that he's got going, which is obviously a very good pace.
1: League leader in points, absolutely. Uh, but that's,
0: that's... points p- points per 60, he's not very... I mean, he's quite a bit down the list because he plays so many so, minutes. That's right. He does have a lot of points. But he's, you know, he's way down the list from guys like Tarasenko.
1: Exactly. No, for sure. I mean, that game last night against Florida, just because we're recording this on a Thursday... That put him over a hundred points uh, in ninety-two games for his career. So he's only played ninety-two games in his career, not a full season like you mentioned with the injury. Uh, but he's in—you know—he's still in elite company. Only three guys have beaten that mark, uh, and we're talking Crosby, we're talking Malkin, and we're talking Ovechkin. Those are the only three that have scored hundred points in fewer games. So. That elite, you know, but all this ice time is also leading to all of his chances that he's getting. The breakaway there in overtime, all the apples that he's getting, uh, all this ice time, you're right, is is leading to these chances, uh, which is only going to improve, improve his fantasy totals and improve his, his uh, fantasy stock. So you hope so. You hope that, you know, he's starting to grow and mature and, and handle all these bumps and bruises. He's looking like just watching the Calgary uh, Edmonton game last week he he's looking like a force out there like he's not a, a skinny little kid in my opinion he he looks like he belongs he looks huge he looks fast uh and he looks like a grown adult there on the ice so i don't have any doubts about him uh holding up because you know i mean knock on wood knock on wood oilers fans that this is not going to uh, you know be an eric lindros type situation uh him being all fragile and such because he's great for the league he's so fun to watch coming from a flames fan i enjoy watching oilers games uh, when we when we do battle, so I I do love I love watching McDavid.
0: Okay, counterpoint to that. What the Oilers have played a ton of overtime games. Yeah. So a lot of his minutes have come three on three. If the Oilers start to finish some games in regular, uh, obviously in regulation. Yeah. Um, then he's going to get less ice time. So that's less opportunities for points. Okay. Um, maybe they start to look at these numbers and they're you know they're in the playoffs right now so now they've they have to be thinking about round 1 of the playoffs and a playoff run right the way that they're playing they have to be thinking about that
1: not at this point no
0: yeah they do they're in the playoffs right now
1: okay but so, there's 2 months still to play i know
0: you, you obviously have to play it out but they could be thinking okay maybe instead of him playing another 1000 minutes in the second half of the season yeah. maybe we want him more like 600 or maybe even a little more than that 750 800 okay. yeah. but that's 200 minutes less than he's played you know, if you're to compare half and half, and I realize that's not a perfect comparison and it's not quite halfway or we're a little past halfway, I guess. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, so maybe he gets a few less minutes. Maybe they try and roll four lines a little more because also they have to be able to do that through a playoff run. Yeah. Right? No team has ever showed up to the playoffs with two good lines and then dragged along two other lines. Every team. You can go back through the last few Stanley Cup winners Every team has at least four decent lines to run. I mean, that fourth line may not be great. They may not be putting up points, but they can go out there. They can grind. They can create some energy. Some of the
1: biggest goals uh, in, in recent playoff history have come from the third and fourth lines. Exactly. In, in, deep so, in overtime, deep in, deep, deep in a series. Uh, it's these third and fourth line guys that have made you know, future contracts off of their playoff performances. So you're right. You've got to have a, a very balanced depth team. Uh, to advance in any sort of playoff situation.
0: Right. So as they're moving towards the playoffs, they may be thinking not just we should limit Connor McDavid's minutes. They might not even be thinking that. It could just be by des- by accident that they limit his minutes because they're like, we need to have all four of these lines clicking by the time we hit the playoffs because you don't want to be, you know, coasting into the playoffs on three or four losses in a row or, or you know, barely squeaking in a wild card spot when you were leading the division at one point. I mean, you don't you don't want that. So, mm-hmm. they they want to be clicking at the right time, and maybe McDavid gets a few less minutes, and we see his points per sixty isn't great. Now, is that just because he plays so much, or is it because you know he actually needs all those minutes to put up those points? It, I'm not going to say either way, and I'm not going to make a call because, like I said earlier, we don't know. He's played 92 games. He's he hasn't played a full NHL season, basically. Um, so. I'm not going to make a call on that, but it's something to keep an eye on if you're if you're playing fantasy, especially if you're playing daily and you have the option of using him or not. I mean, if, if you've got him in your season-long league, then you're, whenever Conor McDavid's playing, you're playing him, and, the, and that's just the way it is. That's right. But, you know, if you're playing daily fantasy and you see his minutes are starting to slide a little bit and you see that his points per 60 are kind of going with that, um, or it's staying the same because he's quite a bit down on that list. If his points per 60 isn't changing as he's getting less minutes... Um, that could that could be a little bit of a concern because then there's better guys out there for you.
1: 100%. No, I mean I I think if you're talking about like a natural regression in his minutes uh through less overtime games and and through maybe some blowout they're putting their grinders out on there. I think it's only good for everybody. I think it's you're right. It is less wear and tear on him. Um the fans are ha- you know, you know the fans will be appreciative if they get into a playoff spot and they have a uh, you know, a well-oiled machine in the team, not just McDavid and co. Um, so I think it can only be positives if that were the case. But, I mean, if he's not slowing down, di- like, if there's no reason to slow him down, if uh, if everything's, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, uh, is one of the, you know, premier sayings. And it's not like he's a baseball pitcher and they're continually watching his minutes, minutes they're continually watching his innings pitched. Uh, for you know, for wear and tear, unless he you know he comes down with you know something serious again, knock on wood, or something. Why why stop what you're already doing? You're leading to success. He's getting opportunities. He's making everybody around him better. Albeit Jordan Everly, he could just go sit on a pile of dog shit because he's he's got like one goal in twenty games. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah, I mean he started so hot. Oh and, man! And uh, now everybody's calling him Jordan Neverly.
1: That's a good one.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but he's turning Patrick Maroon into a real goal scorer.
0: Um, well, I but you know what? They team. signed Patrick Maroon to do that, basically. I mean, he's, I think he's a little bit exceeding expectations, but I think last season... He's a
1: lesser version of uh, Lucic that they just signed.
0: He's a lesser version, but he's somehow better.
1: That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, Lucic on the third line is definitely a question mark. So, exactly. Well, so, that's enough Oilers talk. Lots, good talk on McDavid. Uh, he's a great player. Hopefully I'll can see continue. him live this weekend. That's right. You're going to the Flames and Oilers game there in Calgary. So, that'll, that'll be a nice game. Should be a good one. Good one. Hopefully Chad Johnson starts and they don't put Elliott in um, like last time. So uh, Ovi hit his 1,000-point mark this past, I guess it's been over a week now, right? Yeah. Ovi. Uh, Crosby now is at 988 for his career. Now we're talking at least a full season, uh, probably parts of two seasons he's missed with various injuries, the concussion, all that deal. Uh, But he's coming up on 1,000 as well. Uh, Guess who
0: else is coming up on a thousand? You missed one. Who? Henrik. Oh, that's
1: correct. He's at
0: 999.
1: I think, yes, that's correct. Well, I I only talked about Ovechkin and Crosby. But, I mean, for this sake of this conversation, I mean, in your opinion, who's had the better career so far? Ovechkin? Who would you want on your team, Ovechkin or Crosby?
0: Uh, I'm going to go Crosby because he's got the rings.
1: Exactly. No, that's a great point because, like, you know, Ovechkin's got the goals. And goals are valuable. It's hard to find goal scoring in this league. I mean, if you watch that Pittsburgh Washington game, that eight seven classic, then you you know you're going to beg to differ with me because the goals were plenty. They were fast and furious. Even the next night with Dallas and the Rangers, that was a seven six game. Where why are we seeing all this this high scoring games? That kind of blows my mind a little. It's bit. what
0: the NHL wants, though. They I mean, there any rule change that they have put in in the last few years has been in the interest of increasing goal scoring. Yeah. You know, we remember, you know, this is now a few years back, but getting rid of the red line. Um we've obviously put in the uh the trapezoid in the back that's even longer back, but that's to stop the goalies from handling the puck and and make dump-ins easier and fore-checks easier. Yeah. Um they they've made the goalie pads smaller and goalies are going to have to start switching to that soon.
1: No more clutching and grabbing.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're calling anymore, a lot of really that closer, that. so I mean, everything has been in the interest of getting more goals, speeding up the game, and you know that's what they want. They want more of these eight, seven big-time games where you see guys like Crosby and Ovechkin doing what you want to see them do. I mean, I don't want to see... Crosby and Ovechkin come together for a one nothing snooze fest. I mm-hmm. want to see them come out and blast some goals, right? Coaches
1: absolutely hate this. Well, so
0: the coaches hate it, of course, because it, obviously your defense isn't executing, but right. And the goalies were a little rough, and there's some bad bounces, and it, you know. But that's that's hockey for you, and that's what I think that's what the NHL wants.
1: And I mean, Ovechkin didn't score a goal in that game. Eight of those goals, none of them were Ovechkin, so that's a little bit surprising.
0: Um, a little bit, but you know, he's he's the kind of guy that. You know, just him being on the ice opens up space for other guys on the team. So.
1: Malkin's really turned it around this year. Um, he he is right up there in league scoring. Yep. he's a nice number two there with Crosby. That 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 duel, excuse me, is uh, is clicking.
0: Oh yeah, when they're when Very they're good. going, they they are honestly probably the best one two punch in the league, and I don't think it's even close.
1: There's a reason why you pay for those guys. Yep. And there was a lot of talk about splitting those guys up, but this year they're, he's really turned that around and uh, and making his case as top five player in this league. Uh, absolutely, so very happy there for Pittsburgh, Uh, Line A is back skating this week Um, for all you Line A owners in season long, no timetable yet obviously, but it's a a nice step to get him skating on the ice Um, I mean, we talked about it It wasn't a big hit by McCabe there of Buffalo, it was the aftershocks and the the whiplash and stuff it was still, it was very clean uh, and it's just a very unfortunate situation so Line A hopefully coming back you think though, if there's any hesitation, the Jets are not in a playoff. Sp- no, are they in a playoff spot? They're
0: fighting for that wild. They're card right up kind there of with in Calgary there sometimes, and then they're out, and then they're back in, and they're out. So you
1: got to think though, this is their this is their phenom. They're not. They're going to err on the side of caution with this one. They're not going to bring him back uh, if he ain't 100 percent ready.
0: Well yeah, and especially with that goalie situation there, I mean they've got other things to figure out before they need to worry about Line A scoring goals. I mean, it's a shame to see because he's in the Calder race and, you know, every game that he misses, uh Austin Matthews pulls further ahead and, and Matthew Kachuk inserts himself in that discussion a little more and and uh maybe he's he's missing out on a Calder trophy, but uh, you know, a, a rookie season trophy is really it seems big for him right now, I'm sure, but you know, next season he'll he'll wanna be hundred percent healthy and, and down the road for sure. So
1: he's got bigger goals in mind. All of these guys have got bigger goals in yeah. mind. And we've seen plenty of Calder trophy winners uh who account to nothing in this league. So it it can go either way there for uh your star rookies in their first year. And finally, we talk about playoffs. We talk about Winnipeg being in there. We mentioned Calgary is in the mix. Vancouver, Edmonton in the east. Toronto is in a playoff spot. Ottawa is in a playoff spot. Montreal is obviously leading that division. We got six out of the seven teams uh, that are, are considered in the hunt. Uh, and that's quite a surprise there uh, from what we've seen last year. And It's a very nice surprise watching these games, uh, whether it's Sportsnet or TSN, you know, any of the major networks. Every game is important heading now towards the trade deadline, obviously, towards the end of the regular season. Uh, and fantasy wise, all these teams have players that you can insert in your lineup and feel confident about each and every night.
0: Yeah, um, I think Vancouver is going to be one of the odd outs looking in. They're it's gonna... crazy where they are right now, though. Yeah, and you know, they started pretty good with that four win streak to begin the season, and then. It fell off a cliff there with what the nine losses in a row, I think. And, I think so. Yeah. And they're kind of back on it now, but they're so streaky. And I just don't see the talent or the depth. I mean, we were just talking a few minutes ago about you got to have four lines rolling if you want to go anywhere in the playoffs. I just don't see how Vancouver can roll the four good lines again. You know, if they squeak into the wild card, then they're going to be playing a team like Minnesota. Yeah, I don't see them being able to roll four lines against Minnesota and come away with any sort of success.
1: No, not especially with the goaltending. Uh, Minnesota's goaltending is excellent. Vancouver's is, is far from excellent, in my opinion. I don't think yeah. uh, they have not shown that record to be uh, to be truly indicative of what the Canucks are. But in in saying that, they're in a spot to win. The fans have shown in Vancouver that if they don't win, if they're not showing like they're going to win, they're not going to show up.
0: Oh, yeah, they're probably the most fair-weather fans in the entire league. Very,
1: very. Now that they're doing... in doing decently well, it looks like that arena is full again, or getting fuller. Uh, So if your ownership, your management, you're not taking this away. If you have a shot to get into a playoffs, get a few home games, kind of like the uh, Sacramento Kings in the NBA, which we'll touch on later, um, you gotta keep the core, you gotta keep the nucleus of this crew around, uh, and, and give it one last go, I guess, and I think most hockey fans want them to tear this down, if they can, but management's gonna have other things to say about that and uh i don't think they're gonna abide by the fans choice they're gonna keep going and and maybe add a piece potentially at the trade deadline
0: i don't think they can tear it down though the the time for tearing down the canucks was a couple of years ago um the sedines i don't think anybody really wants to take them on at this point in their careers um i don't think anybody really wants ryan miller at this point you know and then who who else beyond that has a ton of value? Louis Erickson, I guess he's starting to play a little better, but he started Bowl so Horvath's bad. Horvat's your young guy. Well, but you can't trade, I mean, if you're going to blow up the <laughs> team, then you can't be trading away guys like Bo Horvat, or else you're going backwards from what you're trying to do.
1: Brandon Sutter, they just signed.
0: He might be a piece that a playoff team could be looking for, and that's one that you could maybe, you know, part Rent with, out. but... Well, he's but on again, rental, though.
1: You're right. He's he's a big-time, he's a big ticket.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you, the team would have to see themselves as a contender for a few years and, and want Brandon Sutter for a few years. But I just, I don't see Vancouver be, even if they wanted to blow it up, I don't see that they could do it, unless they got pretty bad returns for everybody that they trade away.
1: Right. No, 100%. So we'll see about Vancouver. I like where Toronto's at. I mean, they're talking about potentially trading JVR, who's had a very good fantasy season um and and his deal because he's not with that young nucleus also tyler bozak is in the trade questions um for those for those two so um it's interesting to see where toronto goes with that if they think they can compete they're getting better goaltending there with freddie anderson uh, in that he's been a top 10 goalie i'd say this year uh both yep. season long and, and uh in daily fantasy so a lot of question marks and a lot of uh promise there for toronto whether you really go for it this year, keep that core together, or you look to uh, to add more pieces to your future uh, young plans. So um, I just want to quickly wrap up with NBA. We talked about it as we were coming down. It's All-Star. Tonight is the All-Star Reveals. Uh, and by the time you're listening to this, you definitely have, are knowing the names that have made it uh, for both the Eastern and Western Conference. But we'll pretend like we're breaking news here. Breaking news. Here on Key to the Game, the Eastern Conference has been announced, as always. It is in the guard position. It's Kyrie Irving of Cleveland, DeMar DeRozan of our Toronto Raptors. I'll call it ours. We're Canadian. Yeah. Our boy, DeMar. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is making his first all-star game. The Greek freak. I love that choice. Uh, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler of Chicago, and the King, LeBron James of Cleveland. So those are your five all-star starters in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Do you know the Western Conference? I'll give you the Western Conference if you can remember it.
0: Um, Well, I remember you saying how Westbrook wasn't going to be a starter.
1: That's one of the topics, you bet.
0: Okay, so we got Steph.
1: Steph Curry's made it.
0: We got Durant.
1: Durant has made it. Harden. Harden has made it. He's a second guard spot.
0: Uh, We've got Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard, you bet. We have the big man. And Anthony Davis. That
1: is correct. Of the New Orleans. I'm surprised Pelicans. I
0: remembered all that. That
1: was good though. I was actually really impressed. Um, I'm a little bit sh- shocked about Boogie Cousins. I think, in my opinion, it was either Davis or Boogie Cousins in that uh, forward slash center spot. Obviously, with you know triple double man Westbrook is not a starter in the All Star game. That's kind of surprising to me. Although the fans, Curry was the highest vote-getter in the Western Conference, so if you're talking popularity vote, you're talking Curry with the, uh, the mix-in of the fan vote and the media, or sorry, fan, players, and media, excuse me, all getting a little piece of the pie. And Harden was there at number two. So, you know, well, obviously DeMarcus will be on the team, Westbrook will be on the team. Lowry, do you think Lowry gets in as a reserve there in the Eastern Conference? Statistically uh, I think he does. Yeah, I
0: think he, I think he's got to be in there as a reserve, but he unfortunately I don't th- think he has the name hype and he's not playing on the a kind of team, you know, if he was on let's say the Knicks, yeah. I think he'd probably it would be no brainer he'd be a reserve. Okay. But because he plays for Toronto and he's not in one of these big American markets, uh he he might get forgotten in the voting. We'll there see. There was
1: a big push for him last year myself included to get him in as a starter, and he was a starter last year. So it, it did take a big push by Canada to really get him in there. Um, DeMar, from all accounts, he was kind of bull, He was down uh, in the early rankings uh, for this guard position. He was behind Dwayne Wade. He was behind Jimmy Butler um, for that guard forward kind of spot. And I'm kind of surprised that he jumped all the way up there to number two based on the player vote. And the uh, and the media vote. So that's a surprising one. And the guy, Zaza Pachulia, who was also in the news last night with his wa- Russell Westbrook flagrant one. Did you see that video? Yeah. Yeah, so we've got the flagrant one. He was surprisingly number two in the Western Conference frontcourt players uh, from the fan vote, from his home country of Georgia. Got him as high as number two. And obviously the uh, the players and the media dropped that way down. Got the guys in that needed to be there uh, as starters, so that was quite another quick uh, funny story there for Mr. Zaza Pachulia. So, uh, anyways, those are your 10 starters. The reserves get announced in I think a week or two. We're coming up there on the fantasy uh, fantasy. Uh, no, what am I trying to say? The NBA All Star Weekend there in New Orleans, and with that, New Orleans, there's also free FanDuel contests all week long for you to test your NBA skill Sick. to earn a chance to go. VIP tickets to, to uh, New Orleans there for NBA All-Star Weekend. That would be pretty dope. Um, that would be a good trip. Oh, man. Party city. I want to go to New Orleans. That'd
0: I hear in time. New Orleans you don't wear your good shoes because everybody just pisses in the street. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I've never been.
1: It's like that New York on New Year's Eve. I think we talked about that last week, right? Yeah,
0: you, well, you're asking where people piss when they're at the... Um, yeah, like
1: where for diapers and stuff. Yeah.
0: No, Well, I don't think they wear they diapers. They turn around and piss. Well, or there's probably I, No, I there's think no there's, por-
1: you're not leaving your spot
0: Well, you yeah, it, okay If you're at if you're, you're at the front and you want to see either, Ryan Seacrest's pores yeah. Then yeah, you're probably gonna <laughs> Well, you know, the the best solution would be to piss before you go And just not consume liquids the entire night
1: Oh, but you get hungry You're there all day
0: Well, like, you're you know, up if you want like to be that like close a. to Ryan Seacrest You gotta make a commitment
1: That's a very big commitment Or you're wearing a diaper
0: Or you wear a diaper and you piss your pants all night Yeah, one of two Basically
1: yeah, because you're not leaving your spot. I th- you're right. There's probably porta potties on the, you know, back, behind all the crowds and such. But on, you know, you're not leaving your spot.
0: If you're front row, yeah, you're right. You're probably not leaving your. So, spot. So yeah,
1: you have got two options, and you I. Got, think you got to
0: hold it. I'm pretty good at holding it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's not a. It's a good skill to have. Airports. New road York's, trips. New, yeah, road trips, New Year's Eve, all that good stuff. So, um, how do we get started on that?
0: I don't recall. New
1: Orleans. You were talking about pissing in Oh, yeah, in pissing streets. in New Orleans. Well, I don't want to go piss in New Orleans, but I think it's a great I would like to go time.
0: watch the All-Star game, though. I would love to. See and you maybe you piss can. there, too.
1: You definitely can. If you head to FanDuel.com and you enter some free entries into the NBA. It's right on the homepage there, so when you log in, you'll see it front and center. So uh, that's about all I've got. Do you have any other points you want to wrap this baby up in a bow?
0: Um, I just want to point out that I don't actually support pissing. In other cities, you should treat right. uh, another city like your own.
1: Yeah, do you think I'm gonna go piss outside my front street? No. 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 So why would you do that in New Orleans? So don't be better.
0: Be respectful of New Orleans. If if you win this Fanduel competition, be respectful of New Orleans and
1: even if it's Mardi Gras, even if you've got other people around you that are doing it, you know better.
0: Yeah, you know what? Be the bigger man. Ask to use a washroom if you have to buy a soda from a business so that you can go in there and use their washroom. Then you do that. Exactly. Keep Simple. keep a couple ones on your on, on your. Common
1: courtesy, folks. Common courtesy. All right. We've talked uh,
0: talked some bathroom habits. Let's get out of here because the Flames game is starting. That's right. Have a good one. I'm Dex Dunford. He's Colby McKee. Enjoy the football this weekend. We're signing off. Thanks for downloading this episode of Key to the Game. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and visit keytothegame.com for past episodes and in-depth articles.